So, this week, we're going to be talking about what's involved in putting solar on your roof. Now, home solar is really not that complicated. It's no more complicated than a new heating system or a new car. But if you delve into the details of the technology or the details of the crazy new electric rates, it can get pretty complicated real fast. Unfortunately, people in the solar industry sometimes make it even more complicated. They kind of concentrate on a lot of the details and the jargon. And I think a lot of this complexity about the details of solar are really because the solar panel manufacturers and the inverter manufacturers strive to point out differences in their products. And sometimes installers are the same way. So we're all trying to show what the differences are, tiny little differences, indistinguishable differences, things that normal humans would really not care about so that we can differentiate products. So there's a lot of jargon involved. There's special products. There's details of step-downs and warranties. There's degradation rates of panels. There's different panel materials, polycrystalline, monocrystalline, there's coatings on the glass, there's back contact cells, there's high efficiency, there's low efficiency, there's inverters that have rapid shutdown capabilities and special monitoring and and weird mounting systems and blah, 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 blah. The reality is what's going to get put on your roof is this pretty standard solar panel and they're all pretty much the same regardless of who makes them, regardless of where they're made, and there's really almost no differences. I kind of look at solar panels like like gasoline for my car. You know what I do? I buy gasoline based on price. Do you really know what the details are between the different types of gasoline between the different manufacturers? I mean, yes, we know that there's premium, mid-grade, and and regular gas, and that really has to do with the octane. It's kind of like the efficiency of solar panels. Yeah, there's high efficiency, medium, and low efficiency. (laughs) They'll all make your car go. But there's all these other details and additives. I mean, is it really good for your valves or fuel injectors to have a detergent in your gasoline? Do you really want a tiger in your tank? I mean, you're kind of geezing when I'm talking about that. You know, the reality is most of the gas stations that, that are around here or anywhere get their gas from the same refineries with exactly the same composition. You know, those tanker trucks go to the refineries in the morning and they just drop off gas at gas stations all over the state and it's coming from the same place. And many of the solar panels on the market get their solar cells from the exact same factories in Asia. They, they mount the solar cells on glass and, and they sandwich it between back sheets and glue and put the junction box on, but the cells are all pretty much the same. So I want to elevate the discussion and try and make this a real simple conversation about the things that you really should care about if you're going to be putting home solar system in and some of the things that you don't really care about that much that aren't going to really matter. So here's the the five things that I think are really important. First, comparing prices on a dollar per watt basis. Second, looking at the contract terms and the details. Third, the inverters. Yeah, the inverters are pretty important. Fourth, monitoring. Fifth, picking the right installer. And those are the five things. Now, we're also going to talk about a lot of things that aren't really important in the long run. And we're talking about a system that's going to be running 25 years. So you just kind of have to say, hey, is this, are these little details going to matter to me 10 years from now? Okay, number one, most important thing, when you're looking at putting a system on your roof, compare installers. Find an installer that you like, you're comfortable with, and that has a reputation for doing good work. So some ways to kind of figure this out, see how many years in business they've been there. The longer they've been doing solar installations, the better. Beware of brand new installers. Sometimes they're kind of maybe not that familiar with what what goes into a system. They may be in for a quick buck. They may not really deliver on the equipment and they may make mistakes. But the guys that have been doing this for a long time, you know, 
10, 15, 20 years, you can, you can count on the fact that they know how to run a profitable business, and they're going to be here 10 years from now to support your system. Now, another way to look at this is, is look at the reviews. Find installers whose reviews that you like. Now, here's a reality. Not all the installations go smoothly. There's a lot of problems. I'd say half the time there's something weird that goes on in the, the job where the roof isn't what we expect or there's a problem with the local permitting or there's some setback issues or customer wants some new piece of equipment that's not debugged. So kind of watch out for that. But a good installer is going to just kind of plow right through those issues and make sure that you're going to be satisfied. I, I suggest in addition to looking at all the reviews, look at the bad reviews and pay attention to how or if the company resolved the problems. I mean, Cinnamon Solar, we make mistakes and sometimes things don't go as smoothly as we like, but we bend over backwards to make sure that the customer is happy and that's what all good installers should do. Look at neighbor referrals. So ask your friends and neighbors for their recommendations. Ask them what they saved after their true up period in 13 months, not just what their first month electric bill was because it's going to be zero, but ask them what it was like a year later after they get their true up See if you have a good rapport with the salesperson. Is he or she a good listener? Are they not pushy? Are they drop closing you, saying, hey, $1,000 off if you sign right now? If they're helping to educate you, if they're really looking into the details of your installation, consider those things. And think about the locations of the panels on your roof for optimal energy production. Some installers just try and stuff as many panels fit on the roof, even if they're in the shade. I cringe when I see that. But good installers are going to put in maybe a system that's not as big as can actually fit because they're going to really honestly try and give you the best deal. All right, number one, that's it. Find the right installer. Number two, compare prices. We talked about this on other shows. You want to compare the price on a dollar per watt basis on a cash basis. So assume that you're going to buy the system. Even if you're going to borrow the money, I suggest you look at what the total cash amount is and then divide it by the number of watts of the system. It's just like when you buy a car. You want to compare offers with the same equipment and options. So count up the number of solar panels that you're going to get, multiply it by the watts of the panel. That's going to give the total watts of the system. So say you have 20 panels, each is 300 watts, that's 6,000 watts. And then look at the total price of the system before any incentives, rebates, tax credits, whatever, you know, what you're really going to pay. So let's say the total price is $20,000. Now, keep in mind, you're going to get 30% off, so you're going to net pay 14. But let's say it's 20,000, and you have 20 panels, each of 300 watts, 6,000 watts. Your dollar per watt price is $3.33. So do that calculation for all of the estimates you get. Just look at it that way. And that'll kind of help you understand if you're getting a good deal from the installer. You want to compare financing if you can. Obviously, low interest rates are good. No Low or no origination fees. A lot of loans have origination fees. It may be kind of buried. And no escalation rates. You don't want to get an escalation rate on money that you borrow. And when you compare leases and PPAs, it's really tricky to do. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin because the terms are so variable. But you can try and take a shot at that. But one good way of comparing those leases and PPAs is ask for the cash price. So hopefully if they give you a good cash price, they're going to give you a good lease or PPA price. All right. Number three, compare the fine print and the contract details. Now, this is hard to do. You're going to have to compare the electricity escalation rates. So some installers assume that there's going to be an escalation rate on the electricity, and this is very variable. Um, Some installers are very straightforward. They say, we don't expect it to escalate. They're going to pick a low number. But um, this, this is going to change the economics of the system. Next thing, compare the payment escalation rates. Some leases and PPAs and loans have escalation rates. The payments go up every year. So you want to see how that works out. Compare the warranties if you can. Uh, Now, standard, 
Every system has a 25-year warranty on the panels. Every inverter that's sold has a 10 to 25-year warranty. And in California, there's a requirement that there's a 10-year workmanship warranty on all the equipment. So you're going to automatically have warranties, and maybe there's something on top of that, but you kind of run through the numbers, and gee, these incremental additions to the warranties are 10 or more years out. So you can kind of discount the value of that. Now, keep in mind the warranties don't include severe weather damage, any animal damage, you know, squirrels eating away at the wires or, or cosmetic changes if, if some things fade. They, they basically consider performance. You're getting a performance guarantee from the manufacturers and a workmanship guarantee from the installers. They all have to do that. And if the installer goes out of business, you still have the guarantees from the panel manufacturer and the inverter manufacturer. Sometimes uh, companies will provide an output guarantee. So you might want to take a look and see about that and how comfortable you are with that. My experience, not that important. It's kind of you know nice to say that you have, but in reality, the systems are just going kind to of keep working until the inverter fails. You swap out the inverter after 15 or 20 years, and it's just going to work. Free maintenance. Don't count on it. The maintenance is pretty much something the customers are going to have to do. And these maintenance things are really simple. Wash the panels, make sure there's no debris, make sure the internet connection is good, make sure there's no external damage. So it's all pretty straightforward. All right. Suggestion number four, compare the different types of inverters that your installer is proposing. Now, if you have a lot of shading, then you might want to consider optimizers or microinverters because optimizers and microinverters can deal with partial shading of a solar array. If one solar panel is shaded in a row of eight panels, the microinverter or the optimizer can keep those other seven panels cranking along even though one is partially shaded. But if you have a pretty sunny roof, I mean, you know, one little chimney in the way or, you know, maybe a telephone pole or something, if your roof is basically unshaded, string inverters are fine. In my experience, they're more reliable and they're always less expensive. So that's a good idea. I've done entire shows on string inverters, microinverters, and optimizers. So here it is in a nutshell. A string inverter is basically one box on the side of the wall, kind of like the size of a microwave oven. The solar panel output is in DC power. The DC power goes in. Another wire AC power goes out, goes into your circuit breaker panel. Boom, you're good to go. Those things are good for 10 to 25 years. Now, an option on that, a little bit better, is something called a string inverter with an optimizer. An optimizer is a little box that goes on the back of every panel, and that optimizes the performance of each individual solar panel, and it also allows you to monitor each individual solar panel. And the solar panels are wired up in the same way, also going to a string inverter, but the string inverter has the ability to talk to that optimizer. So it's a little bit more expensive, but it's a good option if um, you have some partial shading. And the third option is microinverters. I'm, I'm a big fan of microinverters. I was the first big installer installing them almost eight years ago. They're small boxes on the back of each panel, and that microinverter converts the DC power from the panel into AC power right on the back of the panel. So you have AC power coming down from the roof. It's a little bit more expensive, more expensive than an optimizer, certainly more expensive than a string inverter, but it has some benefits in terms of performance and safety. But, you know, the bottom line is they're more expensive, but they still work pretty well. So I would suggest if you have a little bit of shading, look at optimizers and microinverters. Otherwise, string inverters are fine. All right, next item, and this is kind of the fifth thing that you should look at, and then I'm going to talk about the things that don't matter. All right, one thing you should look at is monitoring. Now, it's nice to have, I mean, everybody, not everybody, but it's kind of cool to be able to say, hey, my solar power system put out, you know, 
12 kilowatt hours today and it was, you know, a, a sunny day and, and you can really kind of check and see what the output is. And it's kind of cool to see how the output goes up higher in the summer and, and much less in the winter. And it's also good to have the monitoring because you can see if everything's working properly. But monitoring is expensive. doesn't matter what anybody says. There's work involved in putting the monitoring system in. And monitoring means that somebody and some company and some software somewhere is going to have to watch your system. And you're going to have to kind of keep up with the monitoring technology over the 25-year lifetime of of the panels. And, And believe me, that's going to be a challenge. But it's good to have. Now, if you don't want to go for the expensive monitoring, and you know what, I'm going to ballpark the expenses and and people are going to give you different numbers, but a system with monitoring versus a system without monitoring, probably $500 to $1,500 more to get the monitoring. And sometimes you need the monitoring for certain kinds of systems. People won't install it without the monitoring. But you have another option. If you have an ordinary string inverter without monitoring, there's a green light on that inverter. And as long as that green light is on, the thing is working. As long as your electric bill is low, the thing is working. If one month your electric bill spikes, better go take a look at that inverter and see if the thing's still working. So you can kind of get away without monitoring. And and I, I kind of think back of all the customers we've installed, it's like over 10,000 of them. But thousands, I, I would say more than two-thirds have been installed without monitoring. And these customers are, are, are perfectly happy. Now, monitoring is going to become more important as battery storage becomes relevant and as home automation systems become more common. So these these monitoring platforms are going to tie into your HVAC system, into your battery storage system, your home automation system. Very, very cool. Very complicated. So I'm a little skeptical about the ease with which is, this is going to be done. You know, Don't expect to talk to somebody and get an app that's going to work on your phone next month that's going to do all this. This is technology that's going to get better and better and come out really over the next, I would say, one to three years. Now, with regards to monitoring of your solar system, there's really three ways to do this. There's three ways to handle the communications, and the communications are really what, what, what's tricky. One is to use standard Internet communication. So your inverter is going to have Cat5 wiring. This is regular Internet wiring from the inverter outside the house into the house and plugging in somewhere into your network, usually plugging into a router. Now, it's kind of a pain in the neck. This wiring has to go from the outside to the inside. It has to be weatherproof. It has to be sealed in the walls. You have to do the wiring inside. So it's a little pricey to do, and I generally don't like to do it because it adds a, a bunch of expense. And installers don't like to go inside your house. One, because when they're there, it's more expensive, and they got to coordinate with you during the day. And two, if there's ever a problem, they got to make an appointment to see you, as opposed to if everything's outside, and if there's a problem, they can go by at any time. All right. Another way of doing the monitoring is with power line carrier signals or Zigbee or even Wi-Fi. So these are either signals that go over the wires or wireless signals that talk to the panels, the inverters, and your home gateway. Now, my experience with all of these is they're flaky. I mean, have you ever had a problem with your Wi-Fi in your house or your Zigbee in your house or you have one thing that doesn't communicate to the other thing? Heck, it happens to me like almost every week. So these technologies work when they're set up right and they're very easy to disrupt. And those disruptions indicate that there's a problem with the monitoring and then, you know, there's a, a fire drill. Hey, there's we got an issue here. The reality is it's just a monitoring problem. It usually self-repairs itself or you just undo what you did to cause the monitoring problem. But the solar system's still working. My preference for monitoring is is basically cellular communications. It sounds like it's more expensive and initially it's probably from an equipment standpoint the most expensive way to do it, but the installation is zero. 
and it's very smooth. It's very reliable. And it, usually you have like a five to 12 year contract for just the cellular monitoring. If you want to keep it going after that, pay you know another few hundred dollars. But our preference right now on systems is to put in cellular monitoring because we're able to do two things. First, we avoid the flakiness of wireless monitoring or, or power line carrier monitoring. And second, we avoid the hassle of running Cat5 wire. Now, one of the things that, that you know, I'll have to, to let you know, the biggest customer service issue with a home solar system by far, is a failure of the monitoring. It's almost always because the homeowner moves the internet connection or changes the location of the solar gateway or changes something in their internet configuration, just like you have issues with your home internet. And it's expensive for an installer to roll a truck or to put the solar gateway back where it was before. Um, the system's always running fine. That's why my preference is cellular, cellular communications, because this stuff just works. All right. Now, we talked about things that you should compare. And, and you know, they're pretty simple. Compare the price, compare the installer, compare the inverters, compare the monitoring, um, compare the fine print. Now, you know, what's also important is things that aren't really that important in the long term. But a lot of installers are going to dwell on these things in detail because it's, they're trying to show that how their system, their equipment, their product, their service is better. But in the reality, it doesn't make a lot of difference in the long term. So here's one of the things that aren't that important are the solar panels. Solar panels are sold on a dollar per watt basis. Efficiency is nice if you have a constrained roof space, but it doesn't really matter that much if you have room for another one or two panels. So I would recommend not going crazy about the particular manufacturer of solar panel. Just find a manufacturer that's got a good balance sheet that's been around for a while, and you'll be fine. Some solar panels do look better. All black is better. Some mounting systems look better than others. But, you know, things that people talk about regarding the solar panels, the degradation rates, the warranty, the electronics, the standards, the coatings, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. All right. Another thing that doesn't really matter, you can sound ironic, is the energy savings. The kilowatt hour savings per year is very important, but there's too many variables that affect these energy savings. So when you compare proposals from different installers, they're going to use different assumptions, and you're going to get numbers all over the map. That's why I suggest just focusing on the dollar per watt of the system. Dollar savings, same thing as energy savings. You look at the energy savings and then you apply the electric rates, but there's too many factors that go into the energy savings and the dollar savings, so you're not going to really be able to compare. You know, One installer says they're going to save $2,000 a year. One installer is going to say they save $3,000 a year. You're not going to be able to distinguish that. Now, warranties also, I, I don't think that they're really that important because the equipment's warranted. And you're going to be fine for 10 or 20 years. All right. Now, future considerations, some things to keep in mind. Energy storage. Some systems are easier to upgrade to energy storage. So talk to your installer about that. Make sure the systems are storage ready or that you have room to add some more panels. And talking about adding panels, some people are thinking about putting in an EV in the future. And some systems, it's easier to add panels. So in conclusion, here's what you should do. Make a one-page summary in Excel. Put six columns down, the company name, the number of panels, the watts of the panel, the total watts, the total cost before the ITC, and divide it out to get the cost per watt. And use that spreadsheet to compare things. You can put some more columns in if you want, if you want to get more aggressive. But that's going to be good enough to get started. So in a nutshell, find an installer that you trust. Get a good price. and so, you know, Maybe the installers that you trust are going to have a higher price because they know what it takes. But that's the most important thing. Find an installer that you trust that has good references. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.